This week's blog is titled 10 Tax Deductions for Doctors, written by Corey Janoff. With the tax deadline looming, many of you out there may be scanning through every detail of your financial plan to come up with some final tax deductions. It is also a time where you can reflect on ways you can find more tax deductions in your financial plan as a doctor. This post is not meant to be specific tax advice, but rather information only. Consult with a tax professional for tax advice pertaining to your specific circumstances. Today, we will look at some of the most common and effective tax deductions for doctors and physicians, and everyone for that matter, can potentially utilize. We will also wrap up things by discussing what is tax planning. Depending on your employment status, salaried physician at a group or hospital versus self-employed, some tax deductions are more available to you than others. In no particular order, here are some of the things you can do to potentially lower your tax bill as a doctor. Number one, contribute to pre-tax 401k or 403b retirement accounts. Contributing to retirement accounts is a no-brainer that all doctors should be doing. If you're in practice, there are very few reasons why you shouldn't contribute the maximum allowed each year. In 2023, the maximum is $22,500 of your salary into a 401k or 403b type account, plus another $7,500 if you're age 50 or older. If you make pre-tax contributions, your taxable income is reduced by the amount you contribute. For an overly simplified example, if you earn $250,000 this year and contribute $22,500 to your 401k at work, the IRS only taxes you on $227,500 of income. Pretty cool. We get to save for retirement and get a tax deduction. The IRS increases the contribution limit every few years, so be sure that you are aware of the percent of your income that you put into your retirement plan each pay period and do the math to ensure that you are on pace to reach the maximum during that year. Your employer will not allow you to over-contribute, so feel free to crank up that salary deferral percentage as needed to maximize your contributions. Also, we are seeing a lot more employer-sponsored retirement plans offering Roth and pre-tax options, so be sure that you are selecting the plan that is most appropriate for your financial situation. If you are self-employed or own your own practice, you can contribute up to 66000 this year to a 401k. That can all be pre-tax. There are some additional requirements that must be met in order to contribute that much, but it is, it is a great way to save on taxes while simultaneously saving for retirement. Which leads us to number two. Contribute to a solo 401k or SEP IRA for any 1099 self-employed income. As mentioned above, if you are self-employed, you can contribute up to 66000 to a 401k or SEP IRA. The quote-unquote employee contribution limit is $22,500. And the employer can contribute additional monies up to 66000 combined. As a self-employed doctor, you are both the employee and the employer. The employee contribution limit of $22,500 is a combined total for all 401k and 403b type accounts. So if you have multiple employers that offer you a 401k, you can only do $22,500 total across all those plans. But each employer can contribute additionally on top of that. 
If you have 1099 earnings outside of your regular W-2 job, you can set up a solo 401k for that income stream and make the employer contributions of approximately 20% of earnings to that solo 401k per year pre-tax up to the $66,000 limit. For example, if you work at a private group but make 100,000 a year taking call at a hospital and the income from the hospital is 1099 income, you could defer approximately 20,000 of that into a solo 401k each year. With SEP, Simplified Employee Pension Plan, IRAs, you are not able to make employee contributions at all, but you can contribute pre-tax on the employer side if you have 1099 income up to roughly 20% of wages, or $66,000, whichever is less. For a SEP IRA, you have until the tax deadline of the current year to contribute for prior year. Therefore, you can still contribute for 2022 by the April 18th, 2023 tax deadline. For each of these plans, speak to a CPA to confirm your income and how much you are able to contribute into each of these plans. If you would like to speak with a financial planning professional regarding which of these plans may be right for you and what is needed to get an account open, please reach out to us and we would be glad to get an individual consultation scheduled. Number three, contribute to a cash balance pension plan. Cash balance pensions are typically set up in addition to a 401k at your company. Some larger companies have them and set a fixed company contribution rate. If you are self-employed or own your own practice, you could implement one of these too. I won't go into the ins and outs of cash balance plans today, but they can potentially allow you to contribute upwards of $100,000 per year pre-tax, or upwards of $300,000 a year if you're in your 60s. There are many rules and nuances to cash balance plans. Depending on the number of employees you have and your company cash flows, this may or may not make sense to implement as your company will have to contribute some money to all employees' accounts. As a self-employed physician, they can be pretty fantastic if you're looking to save a lot of money for retirement. Number four, a Roth IRA or backdoor Roth IRA or mega backdoor Roth. While Roth accounts do not give you tax deductions today, all money and investment earnings can be withdrawn from the account tax-free in retirement. Roth accounts are like tax deductions for your future self. You can contribute up to $6,500 to an IRA in 2023, $7,500 if age 50 or over. The mega backdoor Roth is where you contribute after-tax dollars to your 401k or 403b at work on top of the standard $22,500 employee contribution limit, and then convert those after-tax dollars into a Roth account, either within the workplace retirement plan or into a separate Roth IRA. No different than the backdoor Roth IRA, except you can contribute a lot more through the employer plan. Remember, the combined limit is 66000 at the employer plan. So between employee salary deferrals of 22500 employer matching or profit-sharing contributions, and then the after-tax contributions that you can then convert into the Roth, the total 401k contribution limit for this year is $66,000. So for example, if you contribute 22500 from your salary pre-tax, and your employer contributes 15,000, that amounts to 37,500. 
Therefore, you could contribute another $28,500 after tax and convert that into a Roth account. Pretty fantastic. However, not all employers offer this provision in their workplace retirement accounts, but we are starting to see it allowed at more and more places. Number five, own your own home. Owning a home used to be more beneficial from a tax standpoint before the standard deduction was increased several years ago and the state and local tax deductions were capped at $10,000. If you itemize your tax deductions and exceed your standard deductions, or excuse me, if your itemized deductions exceed your standard deduction, you will elect to itemize. And the big items you can deduct when itemizing are mortgage interest, property taxes, state income and local taxes, charitable contributions, and some other miscellaneous items. Now, just because the mortgage interest and property taxes can be deducted doesn't mean you should buy more house than you can afford because you know, it's ultimately costing you more money. If you're in the 35% marginal federal tax bracket, you'd end up paying $100 in interest in order to save $35 in taxes. Not exactly a profitable formula. But owning your home can be a beneficial tax deduction in some cases. Number six, own rental properties. With income generating rental properties, there are a number of tax deductions you can claim, including depreciation of the property, that can be used to reduce the taxable amount of your rental income. You can also sell a property and immediately reinvest the proceeds into another property without paying capital gains taxes via a 1031 exchange. If you leave the properties to your heirs when you die, they get a step up in basis to the fair market value of the properties on the date of death under current rules. Owning and managing rental properties is not for everyone and the tax rules can be very complex. You also must make sure that your rental property is profitable based on numerous factors. Make sure to work with a tax professional who is familiar with taxes surrounding rental properties if you're going to explore this. Number seven, sell investments at a loss. This is known as tax loss harvesting. Anytime you have an investment outside of a retirement account that is worth less than you bought it for, you can sell that investment and capture the loss on paper for tax purposes. If you sell an investment for a gain, you have to pay taxes on your investment gains each year. However, losses offset equivalent gains, so anytime you lose money, it can be beneficial to you from a tax standpoint. In a perfect world, our investments only go up in value and we happily pay taxes on our investment earnings, but the world is not perfect, so let's make lemonade when the investment gods throw us lemons. Questions on your current retirement savings plan? Please contact us for a review of your current situation and we can uh, take a look at your plan moving forward. Number eight, charitable contributions. If your itemized deductions, which include charitable contributions, exceed your standard deduction, then the amounts above the standard deduction are tax deductible. For those who give to charity or want to give to charity, it is an added little bonus that it might save you some money on taxes. I would like to think you give to charity out of the goodness of your heart rather than solely for the tax benefits, because if you're giving away $100 to save $35 in taxes at the 35% marginal rate, that math doesn't make sense, but I doubt the charities receiving the donations care either way. 
You can also donate appreciated stock or other investments to charity and are allowed to deduct the fair market value of the shares and avoid paying any applicable capital gains taxes on investment earnings. Number nine, eligible business expenses. If you own your own business or have self-employed 1099 income from consulting or something, you can potentially write off eligible business expenses. You paid for CME out of pocket, that's deductible. You have work-related travel, write it off. You have to purchase office equipment and supplies, the government will pay for a chunk of that. Any other expenses that are essential to operating your business can potentially be deducted from your revenues to reduce your taxable income. Be sure to work with a qualified tax professional to learn what you can and cannot deduct as a business expense. And number 10, 529 college savings plan contributions. Not everyone can deduct contributions to 529 college savings accounts, but some states offer a tax, an income tax deduction if you use an eligible state-sponsored 529 plan. Every state is different. Some states cap the amount you can deduct, while a few allow you to deduct an unlimited amount of contributions. Some states don't offer any state tax incentive for college savings. It is only deductible from income at the state level, not federal, so the tax savings likely isn't huge, but we'll take what we can get. Also, similar to Roth accounts, all the money in 529 accounts plus investment earnings can be withdrawn, withdrawn tax-free if used for eligible education-related expenses. Now to wrap things up, what is tax planning? What is tax planning, you ask? Tax planning is the mere act of planning ahead for things you can do to benefit you from a tax standpoint. I encourage people to have a mid-year tax checkup between May and August to ensure withholdings and or quarterly estimated payments are accurate. Also, discuss any tax savings measures that could be implemented before the end of the year. It's also good to touch base in the fourth quarter of the year in case there are any last-minute things to do to improve your tax situation and avoid any surprises in April. This is also a good time to talk about a tax planning game plan for the upcoming year. It is no secret that the tax code is an evolving beast. Every time we get a new president, they want to change taxes around. That is why working with a tax professional and a financial advisor who can stay on top of this stuff is beneficial. Best of luck with your taxes this year and in years to come. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC. Finity Group and Cambridge are not affiliated.